The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. So we're never gonna win again. Skyboy sucks, he's got no rhythm. Though it's easy to pretend MVS is just a fool. Should've known better than to go so thin to waste this year that Kelsey's given. So we're never gonna win again the way we won in 22. Is that good? Was that good? I practiced that. I wrote it out. I did it all. Careless Whisper, just for you. What the hell is even going on? If you're tuning in for the first time, you're like, these guys suck. I'm out. <laughs> we are the Statler and Waldorf of Chiefs. Uh, of Chiefs. Yeah. Here, anyway, my name is Matt Connor. I'm here with Sterling Holmes. Statler and Waldorf, by the way, are the old men who sit upstairs in the balcony in the Muppets. We are the Statler and Waldorf of Chiefs media there it is anyway uh welcome to another edition of the arrowhead attic podcast that went on for way too long sterling how are you doing this uh this evening tuesday evening i would say some think it's not enough uh i am one that says that was not enough i was told to have a sax prepared instrument uh yeah we needed like a sexy sax band you've heard that right the guy who goes into like the mall and does the yeah, but I don't have a saxophone in my household, so I apologize. It is as best as I could. And I don't want to take away from the gloriousness that was your voice. But um, I would listen to that. You sing that on repeat 24-7 mm. Mm. instead of have to watch the Chiefs play the Packers that game over again because that was not fun to watch. That Horrible. was sad, depressing. Uh, the Chiefs learned nothing from the second quarter on from the Raiders game. Um, I am very frustrated. Connor, how are you? Uh, yeah, man. Look, look, it's like, I just like, you see these, you see these gasps of, of, uh, that's probably not the right word, but like the Raiders game, right? You watch that game and you're like, oh, finally, we got to put it together. And then. And then they they lay another egg. They've laid so many eggs. It's like how and how many eggs do you have? Like like it feels like you you would have. It's like Easter around here. It's like the bunnies just hidden them everywhere. We keep finding them, so we keep unearthing them. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not having a lot of fun this year. I gotta admit it. And and the idea of a dominant defense sounds great, but like. 
it's just not that even that's not happening. Well, until they have an off game. And and quite frankly, I'm sorry to cut you off here, but I get so irritated. Like people are blaming the defense and I get that, but aren't they allowed to have one off game? This is the only game all season long we can point to and say, yeah, the defense didn't do their job. They struggled. Yeah, they struggled and still give the Chiefs three opportunities to take the lead or tie in the fourth quarter. They did their job and the game was on the line and the Chiefs' offense, quite frankly, did not. So for, yes, the defense not doing it, that was their worst performance of the season. Same time, they gave the offense a chance. Yep, That was so frustrating to watch. With with this year's with this year's version of Ben Neiman serving as a coordinator and leader in the heart of the defense, Jack Cochran, like within five plays, he's in the middle. He's there, right? Where you're already down Bolton, you lose Tranquil, you lose uh Cook in the in the beginning of the second half there. But from the beginning of the game, Cochran is like the man in the middle. Immediate mismatches there. Immediate. If that's over, that's over. All kinds of crossing routes. You know, the run game is wide open. There is so uh, even even just using motion pre-snap motion to fool the guy who's supposed to be discerning all that stuff. I mean, the fact that the Chiefs even had a chance to win this game like that uh, after some key fourth quarter defensive stops was a testament to how that depleted unit actually rose up and gave them that opportunity. So I'm, yeah, I, um, I actually want to give the defense credit when they when they came up, and in the end, the way that they did. But this offense, I just, you know, the the MVP conversation for Mahomes is over. Five games or not, five games left or not, it doesn't even matter. He's out. He's out of the picture completely. Um, and at, at this point, you're just hoping, um, hope that they get it together enough for when it really matters. You know that they get hot in the postseason run. Uh, that's fine, and, and and that's happened before. It's happened before. Nothing's off limits, um, folks. If you're <clears throat> if you're here taking this in, we're going to be surveying what is really the weak ass AFC uh, on this episode. Sterling, I wanted to break down with you because coming into the season, obviously the AFC looked like the superpower. And do you remember coming into this year? You're like, why is every good young quarterback having to come in the AFC because we're already loaded. Meanwhile, the NFC looked like you could get by with a strong front seven, like in Washington and sneak into a playoff spot. That's what it looked like. It looked like you could be one sided and make the playoffs in the NFC. Meanwhile, in the AFC, it looked like you had to have like a Herculean quarterback just to play ball, let alone, uh, you know, to try to advance to the arrowhead invitational or something. And yet you're looking around this year and you're like, is Denver just going to waltz into this thing? Like, no, like, like the first half of the season never happened. I mean, it's great. It's totally upside down. I know that there have been injuries and you can't ever do that, but has the, like just overall, have you been shocked at the way the conferences have turned out? Yes and no, because the AFC is AFC is still a deeper conference than the NFC, right? The Vikings with Josh Dobbs might make the playoffs, uh, but the NFC has been better than we expected, while the AFC has been bitten by a plethora of injuries to key players, which, again, maybe no excuse. Look at the Bengals right there. Joe Burrow goes down. You know, uh, Jake Browning steps up. Incredible right? game from him. That was phenomenal. That's how you get a backup quarterback involved. Uh, great job by Zach Taylor right there as far as uh, getting him some easy throws early. Uh, 
Then you can open up the playbook later, give them some confidence. It was a great display. But uh, you look around in the the Jags now, Trevor Lawrence, high ankle sprain. I know they say he's week to week, but come on. If he plays next week, I would be absolutely uh, flummoxed by that. That that would be be nuts. The Bills have had a brutal schedule. They've had a massive amount of injuries to everyone outside of Josh Allen, so he's forced to play hero ball. Um, And then you're stuck here with some – some surprise teams of the Texans being really good uh, surprise team of the Colts being better than people thought surprise team in um, Denver, I think being a little better than we thought as well. I think at least better than you and I thought, but one team that has been a huge disappointment um, has been the chargers, of course, which seems every single year they've been a disappointment. So um, you look at it and the AFC is still wide open, right? Every team has some sort of issue uh, I think the Niners might be the only team without this major fatal flaw, if you will. In the AFC, I think the most well-rounded team is probably the Baltimore Ravens, but we've never seen Lamar Jackson or this team ever have success in the playoffs. So that's a little interesting tidbit there. Uh, the AFC as a whole is just wide open, and the Chiefs, a team with all this experience you think would rise up and take it by the horns, yeah. yet they have not. The horns yeah. have, have poked them. <laughs> you would think this year would be laughable. That they like you would think they won last year, they're coming back this year, and instead of everyone rising up, there's injuries and inconsistency and teams falling flat. It they should have a golden path all the way back to Super Bowl 58. And instead, uh, they're like fighting for their lives for decent playoff positioning against a bunch of teams that also have. Uh, very obvious weaknesses and issues to shore up. Just to go back to the comparison of conferences, though, real fast, I just want to ask you, which is the stronger four? Is it the Eagles, Niners, Cowboys, and Lions? Or is it the Chiefs, Jags, Ravens, Dolphins? That is a great question. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. I, I think the Cowboys are a little bit of pretenders. The only okay. team they've beaten with a positive win-loss record has been the Seahawks. I don't think the Seahawks are that good. They're a very, very average team. They're, they're the Broncos, really, of of that division, right? Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the Lions are good. And I think the Niners are the best team in the NFL, while the Eagles are still a really, really damn good team. They got hammered by the Niners, but because that's a bad matchup for the Eagles, uh, I said that going into that game, the Niners were going to ha- hammer them, but does not mean the Eagles are bad. But yeah, the AFC, you look around, I think the Ravens are really good. I think the Chiefs are solid, but have a fatal flaw at wide receiver. Um, the Dolphins, I think, are beatable, obviously. I don't think they're this this powerhouse. I think it's pretty much Tyree Kill, and he's, he's a dude. Tyree Kill and the, the ability for them to run the football. And then you look at uh, the Jags, who I think have been perpetually overrated almost the entire season. I would take the NFC. I would I would take the NFC. I I uh, I I agree with you that I think the Cowboys are a little more of a pretender. I, you know, I could care less about the Lions. I mean, I, you and I have had this conversation. I you know, 
if the Lions lose the last five and finish with the same record they did last year, I wouldn't even be surprised. Forget it, you know. But um, but the top two are so to me, to me, if the to me, if it comes down to the Niners and the Eagles in the postseason for the chance to go to the Super Bowl, that's the real Super Bowl. Like that's gonna be the two best teams playing each other and then and then I'd be surprised if the AFC doesn't roll over to the NFC in the Super Bowl. I don't care who the matchup is. Uh, I just I I don't see any team really worth their salt right now in the AFC. Uh, and for some teams, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter because it's not their fault because they had a, a quarterback injury. But yeah, that's what I think. Uh, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I, I think it's easy to say now, to say that right now that, you know, it, it wouldn't be close and all that stuff. End of the day, you never know in the NFL, man. You just never know. Um, like the Bills, for example, we thought were going to be incredible this year. They've not been. They're 500. Like yeah. they went all in. Look at their their entire defense. They're 32, 32 at safety with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, 28 going on 32 with Tredavious White. Like Von Miller, like they went all in and they're bad. They're, yeah. well, they're not bad. I think mean, that's a little bit of an overstatement. They've well, not had said, things go their ways. They've had right. injuries. They've played hero ball and they've lost games. And I think Lauren Shanks bring, brings up a very good point. Depends on who's healthy in two months. You know, for all this talk about, you know, the Chiefs, and the wide receivers, and who knows? You never wish injury on anyone. But what happens if Brandon Ayuk's down for the Niners? What happens if Lamar Jackson once again gets gets hurt for the Ravens? Sure. Like, sure. health is so is so paramount at this time of the season. Yeah. No, you're right, you're right there. Let's. I, I was hoping you would walk. Um, I'd love to walk with you through the AFC real fast and just, like, see what you think of each one, right? Because I want to start at the top here. Uh, I want to start with the Miami Dolphins because they are number one right now in the AFC playoff picture. Miami, they're nine and three. They've had a great year. You mentioned earlier uh, some of your concerns there, but they've got Tyreek. They've got Jalen Waddle. They've got uh, a decent run game. They've got some good parts on defense too. Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey, uh, Jalen Phillips. I, I like a lot about the Dolphins, and I like Mike McDaniel. Uh, but we also saw what the Chiefs did to them. Do you think they could run the table? Like, like, are you? What's your confidence index one to ten in the Dolphins? Seven. I think their defense is a little better now than when the Chiefs faced them. Okay. Like, I, I think they're they're starting to get right some continuity. Obviously, I think Jalen Phillips is an incredible talent, but Jalen Ramsey just came back. Uh, was it Xavier Howard? I believe just came back as well. Um, they have Devon Hn back offensively. I think they're a little better the better now than when the Chiefs faced him in Germany. But they don't necessarily scare me a lot because I don't believe a hundred percent in Tua. Like I think Tua is a good quarterback. I think he's above mm-hmm. average, but. Tyree kills that offense. Don't get it mistaken. Like he's going over 2K this year. He's the MVP of the NFL. I think so too. I can't believe anyone else would even be. I mean, in this year with such a muddled quarterback core, why aren't people talking? Why aren't people? Why aren't more people talking about Tyreek as MVP? It's absurd to me. Uh, it blows my mind. It makes me very frustrated because then you might as well call it a quarterback award. Yeah. Um, because he, he, he's the guy that I would give uh, the nod to. Yeah. But again, I think the Chiefs 
would still be able to handle and quite frankly be favorites against the, uh, the the Dolphins. Like the Dolphins are explosive. Don't get me wrong, but you can get pressure on Tua Tagovailoa. Now the Chiefs didn't do it this past week against a banged up, shuffled Packers offensive line, which gives me a little cause to pause. But I believe in this defensive line and defense as a whole, especially with Nick Bolton back in the fold, right? Sure. Um, I think a lot of it was they had to try and be bland with Jack Conkrum back there as the play caller necessarily as the green dot defensively. I don't think you'll see that a whole bunch when uh, Nick Bolton comes back as well as obviously Drew Tranquil post-concussion. Right, right. Um, folks, if you're listening, hanging out with us, uh, let us know what you think of, of teams as we bring them up. I, I want to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. You brought them up. You said Lamar Jackson's untested. For for me, the caveat with the Ravens is that they lost Mark Andrews for the year. And when you lose your primary, you know, like like if the Chiefs lost Kelsey, you would go, oh yeah, I I I really I'm not taking them that that seriously. I wondered, uh, I wonder what you thought of that injury. Do you think that nullifies them enough? Is the is they do have Zay Flowers, they've got Odell, they've got some other weapons. So they're not, it's not like the Chiefs lose Kelsey and then they have really nothing else there. Maybe, I mean, Rasheed Rice has risen up, but um, yeah. Do you think that ruins them or or what's your take on the Ravens? They still have a top five defense in the NFL. Lamar Jackson is still the focal point. While yes, the Todd Munkin at OC, they focused more on going vertically instead of horizontally, especially passing the rock, right? But uh, I do think this is the best wide receiver core Lamar's ever had, right? With Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr. is not the same guy he once was, but he is still a threat. You, yeah. You've seen him take over at least a game this season, which is pretty big. Um, Zay Flowers is very, very solid. They have a couple of running backs they keep throwing out there, a good offensive line. They're still a good team without Mark Andrews. Isaiah Likely is interesting because he had that couple game stretch, I think it was last year, where everyone's like, Isaiah Likely is the next, the next great tight end. And then everyone's like, oh, wait, maybe he's just a dude. Um, that's why you don't get fooled by a couple great games or priests. And again, I'm not saying he's going to be bad, but the, the yeah. hype of Isaiah Likely has likely slowed down to levels that I think are palatable. <laughs> but I think they're still a dangerous team. Again, until they do in the playoffs, it's tough to really take them extremely serious. But when you have a quarterback as dynamic as Lamar with better weapons, a good offensive line, and a great defense, you're in every single game. Again, yeah. that's why I think Lamar in the AFC, uh, that Ravens team is probably the, the uh, most complete team that we've seen in the AFC so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Phantom1090 says Baltimore has too many playoff gaffes to be considered a serious contender. Uh, Ronald Rodrigo, Lamar still improving in the playoffs. That, that seems to be the 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 theme here. Hey, we tried to see these guys before they didn't work. Uh, we do have a, 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 um, a super chat. Uh, big thanks to Flapjack City for this. He says, hear me out. These anticipatory throws that Mahomes is doing with his wide receivers ain't working. At this point, just gas it and put it on the guy. Man, I have seen... By the way, thanks, thanks, Flapjack. We appreciate that very much. Sterling, do you agree with him, by the way? Uh, like, what's your take? You know, I think we've all seen that Sky Moore play broken down from every angle. Both Schwartz brothers went on the record about it. You see, like, analysts talk about it. Mahomes took the blame. Then Sky Moore explained what happened. It, it's like we've all gone under the hood for, like, why is my check engine light on? And 10 mechanics are standing around 
explaining it. What do you, what's your take on that and, and what Flapjack had to say? Well, let me be the 11th mechanic then. Uh, when it comes to that specific play with Sky, the rub never happened. Mahomes shouldn't have thrown the ball. Uh, the defense got a great read on it. He was dropped too far back because he saw a hand signal Mahomes did. Part of that could be because I heard Trent Green talk about this. He, he may have had to over-exaggerate the hand motion because they don't really trust Sky Moore to get it right the first time. So there's just so much miscommunication, so much in my in my opinion here again this is this is me speaking lack of trust between Mahomes and the wide receivers I, I know that they want to say you know I trust the guys and Mahomes will always say that and Mahomes is always going to take the blame yeah he always will he's never once even and, and that's yeah. what it makes him such a great leader obviously while it is a, a bad throw and Mahomes is not above reproach that's a bad throw, should not have been intercepted. That's the difference, right? It should have been an incomplete pass. Sky should have kept going. And you're right. You're right. It shouldn't have been thrown. Same time, shouldn't have been intercepted. If he just runs his, his, his route correctly, if he just puts his hand up and, and knocks the ball down, they live to play another down. Yeah. They did not. Two things can be true, right? Uh, the one with the MVS, as far as the deep ball, I'm not even as pissed off about the drop anymore. I'm perpetually pissed off at MVS's inability to understand where the open area is on deep balls. I'm perpetually confused on what he sees compared to where Mahomes is throwing the ball. Mm. Because Mahomes is throwing the ball to the open area where their safety is not over the top able to make a play on it. And MVS keeps going into the safety help. He's getting turned around like a pretzel. Like the issue is if you are a veteran and you're not coming back for the ball and your only skill set is being a deep ball technician and you are not a deep ball technician anymore, what value are you bringing to this team? And again, I was not a huge fan of necessarily bringing in DeAndre Hopkins two year 26 mil is what he received. But when you look at the money that MVS is getting, about 10, 11 million per year, that yeah. is a DeAndre Hopkins. That is a Jacoby Myers. That is a good wide receiver. And they yep. are not getting good wide receiver play from him, not even adequate wide receiver play from him. And you're telling me right now with a straight face, Kadarius Tony can't what can't run the same deep routes that he is? Because if you're saying, well, he doesn't know the playbook, well, guess what? Neither does MVS, obviously. So so what difference does it make? Right. Right. And, and like Rasheed Rice, the one time they allowed him to go deep, what happened? He drew a pass interference. Like, am I taking crazy pills? <laughs> like, oh, he's a veteran. He's got to be in there. What, what the? F no, no. I, he does not have to be in there because he's getting paid a decent chuck of change and he's a veteran. He clearly has no idea what's going on. Throw you or me out there. It's not going to change. He doesn't have Devontae Adams anymore on the other side to make him look better. God, I'm frustrated. If we're, if we're talking about Pro Bowl campaigns for Nico Collins and Tank Dell because they have a decent quarterback for once in Houston, don't tell me that we can't like elevate some rookie to at least provide uh, like what Cornell Powell, someone. I mean, like, is there really no one who knows what they're doing out there? It's driving me bananas. Where's oh, and don't get me started on the Texans. 
You, you just did it. You opened up a can of worms, pal. Okay. <laughs> Open up a can of worms. I'm going to come at you like a tornado mixed with a hurricane all wrapped up in a tsunami because everyone keeps talking about, well, if Mahomes had the Texans weapons. Oh yeah. The third rounder, Nico Collins. Oh yeah. The third rounder, Tank Dell. Oh yeah. Yeah. Noah, Noah Brown, right? That's the guy you're talking about. Oh, what about Robert Woods? Robert Woods is MVS. The difference yeah. is Either they identify talent in the third round and they're able to hit where the Chiefs obviously cannot identify talent at wide receiver. So this is a scouting issue. Either this is a developmental issue and those third rounders all of a sudden have grown into the players that they've once become. And what about the fact that, okay, maybe the scheme is just too hard for these guys to pick up because Sky Moore is not improved. He's regressed. McCole yeah. Hardman, quite frankly, never really improved that much. His rookie season might still have still have been his best season i know he got injured last year and that took away from what was a promising start but come on now Rasheed rice has been the only guy so far so yeah. at what point are we sitting here going all right maybe they take the consensus guy maybe they take a good talent but the development's not happening i don't know where the disconnect is but it's happening only at wide receiver because going into this year if you said you would have the texans wide receiver core instead of the chiefs you'd have been laughed at you would have been laughed at I don't even know that I would still want them. I mean, uh, like on paper, they look so much better, uh, or you know, like like in on the actual results. But but Robert Woods and that crew, like it's not. It, uh, I guess here's here's what confuses me: Why isn't Patrick Mahomes elevating this core? You can't elevate him if they can't run the right routes or catch the ball. He can't throw and catch. So. Okay, so so then if you have to isolate that, why aren't they doing those things? It has to be a coaching thing. Are we asking or demanding too much of these guys? Are we trying to put like a million things on them? I saw I, like I don't know. I'm Parker trying to Washington last night. A dude named Parker Washington. Right. Sound right. like a created player all of a sudden go off for the Jags last night. Right, right. Uh out of nowhere, no catches, and he catches first touchdown. Catches like five passes last night. I, I get, I get it. I'm, I'm with you. Uh, let's go to. Uh, we got a super chat, Chris Wright. Sorry you had to wait, Chris. Appreciate the super chat here. Uh, we're all hyped up about what's happening with the Chiefs. Wondering <laughs> what to even do. Chris says this: Tony Watson, Rice, Kelsey, Pacheco. That's it. The rest of the wide receiver room can watch. Um, I, and Richie James. I, and, and Richie James, we'll give a we'll give a Sterling Hall pass to Richie James. Hey, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. Stop treating Kadarius Tony like he's going to fall apart at any minute. If he does, he does. But at this point, if you want to save him for later, what's your later? Now it's a road game in the wild card round versus the home game because you didn't play him before. I mean, like what, like. We're acting like we're just going to waltz into the playoffs with home field and then unleash all the beast of whatever we've got. It's like, you're kidding me. You're kidding me. Um, yeah, what, what were you going to say? By the way, with Kadarius Tony, you're saying you're trying to save him and keep him healthy, yet at times you use him as a returner. At times you use him like a little Debo Samuel and, and run with him out of the backfield so he's taking unnecessary hits. Right. Have you ever seen him get squared up or, or just decked when he's actually catching the ball as a wide receiver? No, because no one can, because he's so shifty. Like, I get so frustrated. I, I understand they're, they're, they're yeah. lying to us to an extent, right? Part of it might be he doesn't know the playbook. He doesn't know some of this, that, and the other. I get it. Yeah. But again, my whole point here is you tried. Mahomes tried trusting the veterans and what'd you get? 
Five receptions on 11 targets for Justin Watson. Drops in wrong spots from MVS. At some point, unleash the young dudes. Unleash the guys who not only have more talent, but are also probably going to be here next year. They're getting out of that contract of MVS. He's not going to be here next year. Like, I just... I, I'm perpetually confused by the usage of some of these guys. I, I don't understand what they are saying. Again, they are smarter than us. I'm not trying to say I know more than Andy or I know more than Veach or any of that. But again, to just blindly sit by and say this is the right way to go about it clearly is not working. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I Here's what I think. I think in some ways the Chiefs definitely have – I think the Chiefs have – some blind trust in these guys, like last year with MBS, whatever. And I think every game they're saying, it can't keep going like this. It can't keep going like this. I think every week they're going, Sky will get it. He'll, like, he's he's just a second rounder. I think they're thinking, MBS last year, he came through with whatever 500, 600 yards he had. We can get there again. He can catch those passes. Like, you know, every game they're like, four, 99 games out of 100, he's going to make that catch. Like, that's what they say. Players and coaches, they say that. They say, hey, we believe in this young room. They're going to come together. They're going to get it. And game after game after game, we continue to see Mahomes having to take the blame. Like, oh, I just shouldn't have put it there. Oh, I just shouldn't have thrown that pass. Oh, I just should have. Uh, Andy says, I just should have made a better call. And there's something wrong with that. So, I, I don't know, man. I I. I think in a way they're holding out for something. And maybe this maybe it's because they know what can we do? Who's there? You want Cornell you want Cornell Powell? Is is he gonna pull up to the stadium and go, all right, guys, I'm here. I'm here. Cornell's here, by the way. I'm good. You know, is it is it gonna be the uh, I don't know what like what do you want there? So I think by the way, going back to the super chat here from Chris Wright, he's right. Look, some of those other guys should be sitting, and some of these other guys should be playing heavy reps. Um, so yeah, we're with you. Um, but yeah, it's 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 maddening for sure. Uh, a couple of questions I want to get to. One from Steve. Really appreciate this one. Says Sterling. I think there's more to this. The option route crap has complicated the learning of this offense and how Mahomes reads the wide receivers. Well, I would agree with that. And, and I've said this before. The convolutedness of what happens with Mahomes and the wide receivers uh, makes it tougher for young guys to get on the same page. That was why if you heard in the presser, um, I want to say it was Friday. Um, I, I forget what day it was. And they said that Rasheed Rice was becoming Mahomes friendly. What that means is when the play dies, when the first play is gone, what happens? Do they continuously try and work towards and get open for him or do they stop? Rasheed Rice is a guy who's done that. He seemingly is grown in that role of, okay, now I'm starting to see the game through Mahomes' eyes. There's very few players that see it through Mahomes' eyes, and that's been the issue here, right? They're not just a yeah. – they don't just run curls and slants, right? It's a lot of choice routes. As you mentioned, there are a lot of option routes. And a lot of these wide receivers, they're not picking up on the defense. They're not understanding the correct spot to be in, and that is the issue. It's too yeah. difficult for these guys. And again, I'll go back to it. We are kind of, I don't want to say overreacting, but are, are we spoiled a little bit? The Chiefs are 8-4. and four. They're going to win the AFC West again. They're going to the playoffs. We know all this stuff. But at the same time, you see the talent on this team. You see this team just win a Super Bowl with not much of a different roster. The defense is playing lights out, and you're sitting here going, 
this AFC is wide open. Why are they not taking it? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, we are spoiled. Um, but also, look, man, you can be critical of something that you appreciate. Like, I, like, look, I can say, you know, you can have a good relationship with someone, but it doesn't mean there aren't things you need to work on. Same thing with the Chiefs, right? Brett Veach has been a hell of a GM for the last couple of years. He also blew the first couple classes, and there are still issues that need to be shored up. Um, Andy Reid could be a Hall of Fame coach, an all-time legend. It doesn't mean he hasn't made two different fan bases just go bananas with the way he like manages the clock or short yarded situations or whatever. So look, you know, it, it, there's ways to talk about this. They have nuance and layers to both sides. I want to go back to what you just said. Like we all praise Travis Kelsey for, um, how do I say this? We praise Travis Kelsey for the fact that he's on the same wavelength as Mahomes, and people say, these two have this connection that's just otherworldly. He knows exactly where he's supposed to go. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, if you need a decade and of all pro caliber talent to learn how to play with Mahomes, right? Like to find the soft spot to know exactly what he needs. Like if that's what it takes to succeed with him is having like 10 years of NFL experience, then you're screwed as a rookie. How like how well, do you mean- Kelsey did it his first year with Mahomes too? Kelsey was out his whole first year. Well, but okay, but, 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 but my, the first year with Mahomes that he played with him. Oh, with Mahomes, they, 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 yeah, they, yeah. They were on the same page. Okay, well, Ju- but Mahomes hey, Juju was did last year. I think good point from Ronald in the chat. Juju was was able to pick it up last year, right? But Juju already had so much in the league. Is there a disconnect in onboarding guys? Is what I'm asking. Um, and, and yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm asking legit questions. I don't have legit answers here, but I'm saying is the, is this the coaching thing? Are they just trying to cram a university level course into like high school guys right now, trying to, trying to bring them on board? Like, Hey, we run a complicated offense and we're Super Bowl champs. So here you go. And it's like, Yo, man, like, let me just, I, I don't know. I I don't know what to make of it. Can, can I say, I want to talk about Connor Embry very quickly here, the wide receiver coach for Kansas City. He's caught a lot of flack. And I'm not saying some of it's not deserved. But I don't want to completely blame him. Like, I was talk, talking to Mark Bo Richter uh, yesterday on Monday, Monday evening, former Chiefs wide receiver. And he's like, I mean, yeah, coaching can make a can make a difference. Obviously, wide receiver coaches can make a difference. You know, if you have a Hall of Fame guy, that that definitely helps. But it's not like he's, you know, I would keep saying he he's um, in over his head. His first year as a wide receiver coach, he was basically saying he's taking the normal path. You know, quality control. You know, off like that's yeah. what you do yeah. to become the the wide receiver coach. It's not like it's out of the ordinary. I know a lot of people are saying, "What's well, his first year? He shouldn't be doing this." You know, like this is the path that typically gets taken. So that's not out of the ordinary. Okay. Uh, and the second thing was, and I brought this up to him, and he, he he thought it was a valid point. The wide receivers have not developed even pre Connor Embry, so why are we all of a sudden blaming him for issues that have been there before he got here or before he was in this role? Right? I mentioned McCall Hardman. Where was the development of a second rounder he was supposed to have? What about Sky Moore? I mean, he looked solid last year, I guess, to an extent, but he didn't play a ton. 
I mean, MVS has shown regression, but it's not like the the wide receiver coach is all going to suddenly make a veteran turn from an average player to a horrendous one. Like that's yeah. not that's that's not good. that's not his role there. So I think we're we're trying to find a scapegoat, and we're going down the list. And now Connor Embry is the name. I, I, I'm not saying he's great. I'm not saying he's not. He shouldn't have some of the blame, but I'm saying only blaming him to me seems like a little far fetched. Yeah, yeah, I I get it. I um, I agree with you. I totally get it. Um, I want to go to a, a super chat here. Um, Bumpa BB, love that name by the way. That's fun to say. Bumpa BB. Bumpa. Anyway, uh, uh, says this. Beach looked thirty-four year old Kelsey in the eyes and says, "It's on you." Um, yeah, let's talk about that for just a second. Um, you know, look, when Kelsey's setting personal highs and bests and records, um, you know, who wants to draft a tight end and then have Travis Kelsey with thousand yard seasons through his age 36, 37 year. And you're like, well, we drafted a better Noah gray, right? Like, like who wants that? Right. So when you look at Kelsey's body of work, I mean, I get what you're saying, but you almost have to take the chance. Like, man, if he's cruising, he's cruising. I'm And, and we have other needs when you, and then when you look at the draft, the way the draft fell in the draft class last year, um, everyone's crying foul over FAU Felix on you DK Uzoma, by the way, um, everyone's you know crying foul. The fact that he hasn't played, but, but that's exactly what everyone wanted the last couple years of like, we need fresh blood on the outside. You got to have those guys. It takes a year to really learn it. Um, cause we knew Frank Clark was leaving. You can't rent Carlos Dunlaps every year. You need those young guys on the edge to build that line. So like when they made the pick, it was like, good, you need more of that. That's what the Eagles do. That's what those teams do is build out the lines. And then second round was Rasheed Rice. That's turned out great. Third round, Wanye Morris. By the way, Wanye freaking, I've been beating the drum, beating the drum. My, By the way, I don't know if you remember this, Sterling. My bold prediction, my bold prediction to start the year was Wanye Morris would be the starting left tackle by the after the bye week. It took a little bit longer. It took a little bit longer. But Donovan, see ya. I love having Wanya Morris there. I love how cheap he is. I love how that looks. You know, Veach had another good draft last year. It's not like we got this wrong. And yeah, I, I don't know. I maybe you want a wide receiver instead of the the defensive end there. But, but next you're year, when for someone then say what? Then you're reaching for someone then because the clear cut four wide receivers, and I was not in on Quentin Johnson even, and he went in the first round. Right, right. All went before then. And from all reports, the Chiefs tried to get up. Right. It I, didn't matter. It takes two to tango. So for everyone who's angry about FAU saying they should have drafted a wide receiver, what do you do? Well, you wanted to draft for she Rice then in the higher up? Like, like that, that's the only question you have was who right. are you going to reach for then at that point? Right, right, right. And and wait, let's talk about this. By the way, we were supposed to talk about the AFC this whole show, and we've like scrapped it for the Chiefs wide receiver room. So if we're retitling this, it should be the weak ass Chiefs wide receiver room. Uh, maybe is what should we should call this episode. Anyway, Sterling, let me let me 
let me let me say this because I the if I have a rant, I mean I'm not going to rant. I'm not Vat Verderam. I can't do that. Rant, rant baby, give me but, your all. No, no, but hear this out. Hear this out. Just a few months ago, tell me if I'm lying. Tell me if I'm okay. I can already hear. I can already tell my heart's beating faster than it was ten seconds ago. Look, tell me if I'm lying. A couple months ago, people were people were wetting their pants over the Chiefs wide receiver room so much that they said, you got to keep all seven. You got to keep all seven. You got to keep John Ross in there. Richie James was heaven sent. Uh, Richie James' face is on both sides of the dollar bill for that, for that matter, right? And then it was like, Sky is going to be better. Rasheed Rice is new in town. Kadarius Tony is Tyreek 2.0. That was me, by the way. Um, you know, all this stuff, right? Like, like legitimate, legitimately, legitimately, we were clapping and clamoring for, we have seven guys. We are so loaded. This is going to be, we've never had this abundance of riches, right? Now, a couple months later, everyone's like, hello, is there anyone in this room? By the way, while you look at all seven guys in the room, people are like looking in the room, staring at people in the face going, is there anyone in here, anyone, anyone at all who can rise up and play this position? Like, I say that to say, you want to take Brett Veach. There are some people who want to take Brett Veach to task and say, why didn't you do anything? When two months ago, they were like, well, you can't cut that guy. We need all seven of these guys, right? I, what do you do with that? So you and I have been on the same page here, and I've talked about it for a while now. I said, I don't hate the philosophy or the game plan the Chiefs went with at wide receiver. We all hate the outcome. Yep. But again, I, I think a lot of us are lying if we said at the time – if you did, good for you. I'm, I'm good for you. But at the time that the philosophy was wrong because we all thought, okay, Sky Moore, huge step forward. He was solid in limited action last year. Okay. Second round rookie wide receiver. Okay. MVS had 689 yards last year. He might get a bump up. Maybe see him get around 700 again. Nothing spectacular, but probably around 700, right? Richie James, we thought was going to play a lot. We thought he was going to be a guy that the Chiefs would use a lot, at least I did, on third down situations. They would use him because he can play outside, because he can get separation, uh, because he's good at finding the soft spot in the zone. That's what we all thought. And then we thought Kadarius Tony, when he was healthy, was going to be a major impact player. Yeah, He's been healthy. He's not been a major right. impact right. player. So every single player... Justin Ross, you know, everyone thought he was going to be um, Mike Evans. Like, like, but the point is every single player that we thought was going to have some sort of impact. And I was pretty, I, I think I said that no wide receivers can go over 750 yards, but everyone's going to be a solid contributor. We haven't seen any solid contributors except for Rishi Rice. Yeah. And the issue is in the salary cap era, you have to cut back somewhere. Okay. You have to cut back somewhere. And they cut back at wide receiver. The thought process was. They can make wide receivers better. Mahomes can. He can't make the defense better. He can't make the wide receivers better if he doesn't have time. So the Chiefs, they pay a lot of money to Joe Tooney. They spent a second round on Creed. Six rounder Trey Smith was a steal. 
Um, and then obviously Jawan Taylor is four year 80 mil. I was skeptical of that move to begin with. If anyone else remembers that I was not in on Jawan. Yeah. Yeah. And we we're seeing why. If you wanted DeAndre Hopkins, which by the way, he's only had two games over 100 yards this year, he's been fine. I get it. Ryan Tannehill and Will Lewis has been throwing him the ball, so it's not the apples to apples comparison. But he's two year, 26 million. The, the deal is then you're not going to have Juwan Taylor. And then this upcoming season, that might hurt you in regards to extending Nick Bolton, Willie Gate Jr., you know, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith. You're going to do that, Legereus Snead. You're going to do that for a guy who's aging and, quite frankly, is starting to see his play consistently taper off a little bit um there's just um it's hard in the salary cap era when we all want to see all pros at every position sure sure for me i hate the results we have seen but i was not a massive detractor of the game plan overall it just did not work out the way we all thought it was going to yeah yeah i think that's very well said I was a detractor of the room. I was dying for Nuke Hopkins. At the same time, I want to credit Veach for this. The Chiefs were in on him. The Chiefs were in on him. The Chiefs were in on Odell, right? Like all the smoke was there. All the rumors were there saying the Chiefs were still hunting for a veteran. It's not it's not Veach's fault if the if the agent for the other player says, sorry, we're taking this other deal. It's not Veach's fault if the Ravens overpay. For Odell, it's not his fault. It's not his fault if the Titans pony up two years, 26. Like you said, the Chiefs couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. So, yeah, man. And, by the way, uh, getting a better defense and a sound offensive line, that's a good philosophy. That's not – Veach is not an idiot. This is not like – you know, I know we all want to play front office simulator and, and, and do this thing. And it's fun to do that. I like to do it too. But but let's be honest about weaknesses. Let's be honest about what we don't know. Let's be honest about limitations and then proceed accordingly. And remember, Veach wanted help too. It just wasn't there. You can't supply what's not resourced. There you go. And also Chris Jones, as I see there from Bump BB again, Chris Jones negotiations obviously made things a lot more difficult when you think you're going to have some money to work with and potentially go out and get a wide receiver. But then, of course, you cannot anymore when you don't have money to actually spend on said wide receivers. And again, the thought process is for me, the defense, we saw what it was. You don't want to have to make Mahomes the offense go out and score a 35 a game. You go, all right, let's spend a lot of draft capital in the defense. First rounder, FAU. First rounder, Carl Office. First rounder, Trent McDuffie. Second rounder, Nick Bolton. Second rounder, Willie Gay Jr. Third rounder, Leo Chanel, right? Second rounder, Brian Cook. That has been where a ton of draft capital, and again, the offseason moves, Mike Edwards, Drew Tranquil, Charles Minahu. that's what they've been trying to bolster. They swung the pendulum so far offense in the past in 2018, and they put all their major resources into the defense, and now you're stuck on a defensive-oriented team with not a lot of weapons left for Mahomes. If there's anything that hurt, if there's anything that hurt, it's that it's that Veach punted an entire draft class when he first started. There was not one player from that group, Derek Noddy, if you want to say it, um 127 out of 127 was that what the pff number was on on Derek naughty oh i don't know i yeah it showed up on the screen i think it was, <laughs> he was 127 of 127 oh, brutal i mean i you know that hurts and then when you finally get a first rounder do you spend it on clyde 
Like those were the two moves by Brett Veach that that allowed so much water in the boat um, that they've kind of having to been bailed that out year to year. And yet we say that, and they've won two of the last four Super Bowls. That's that's what we're talking about. But but I think we all know they should be skating toward a third Super Bowl appearance this year, and they're not. And so again, can you critique a team that's doing so well? Yes, you can. You can. You can. Because those were misses. At the same time, we're talking about a team that's good. So, oh, but 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 Connor, I I love this from KCDC. Thank you, KCDC. That's a sunk cost at this point, pal. Sunk cost, <laughs> man. Sunk cost. Love it, love it, uh, folks. If you've been uh, listening, we're we're just so thankful for all of you hanging out with us. It's, I love all this. Uh, I, I love all these uh, debates. I love talking about free agency and and draft moves. I, I those kind of conversations to me, I love it. Um, before we head into the must list, let's do this. Sterling, one move. Look, look, there's only five games left in the season, regular regular season, right? Um, but that's still enough time for like some team to get hot, some teams to figure some things out, some other teams to have some injuries, whatever. But you're past the trade deadline. Every veteran waiting for a job has been sitting now for months and months. Uh, probably thinking, okay, maybe the career's over. Is there any move, any move at all, that you would like to see Brett Veach make on behalf of the Chiefs at this point? AB, put that shit on. No, I'm kidding. Please do not. Anything possible. Do not sign Antonio Brown. Um, no, <laughs> man. I'm. I'm. This is who it is. Jarvis Landry. I think there's a reason why he's still out there. I mean, Sammy Watkins. I mean. Zach Ertz would be interesting, but again, I think you're not getting a huge upgrade because Noah Gray's been solid, right? How much of an upgrade is a pass catching tight end? All all he's doing is taking snaps away from Noah Gray then at that point. Because how often are you going to run 13 personnel? Not very often. And at that point, you're going to want to have at least a blocking tight end. So um, I I think this is who it is. I, 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 I don't think they're going out and getting anyone. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I, there's not a single move to me. If you want to flirt with someone on your practice squad and swap out some guys to see if someone younger can get it done, I get it, but I, I'm not there. I'm not there. I don't want any outside veterans. I'm out. I'm out. Can I give one positive thought before we bring in Richard for our must list? We're sitting here. Upset, and I think rightfully so, right? We're seeing a team that should have and does have Super Bowl aspirations struggle and struggle mightily. We're sitting here when the Chiefs were, what, 6-1? and one, Now they are 8-4. and four. We're seeing wide receivers in the offense just stall, which we have never seen in the Mahomes era. Yeah. But then you look around, and you look at the numbers of what the Chiefs are, you know, hosting five straight AFC um the AFC Arrowhead Invitational, the AFC West record, uh, that that just dominance run they have been on, uh, the fact that they have won Super Bowls with Mahomes on a rookie deal and also won a Super Bowl with him not on a rookie contract without Tyreek Hill just last year. And then you look at their biggest competitors in the AFC, the Bills, the Bengals. What have they done? Joe Burrow, they've been to a Super Bowl, They've yet to win one. And oh yeah, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, the defense of Jesse Bates, 
and Von Bell. How to get rid of those guys because you already can't afford because now Joe Burrow's second contract has come up and you did not win one with Joe Burrow on his rookie deal, nor with all those weapons that he had. Good luck now. And then also you look at the Bills. This was supposed to be their year. We laughed for a while, right? Ha, 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 ha. They have all this age, 32, 32. Von Miller, older than 32, I'm pretty sure. Tredavis White looks like he's 37 now at this point. <laughs> but they're six and six. They went all in. What do they have to show for it besides playing and losing in a very historical fun game against the Chiefs? 13 seconds. Now what happens? Big game Dave, big game Gabe Davis, he's going to be a free agent. <laughs> You know, obviously Dalton Kincaid was a, was a great pick, but they've not drafted well. They're old. What happens now that Josh Allen is on a second contract? That the continuous unrest with Stephon Diggs is there. Yeah. And guess what? They haven't won one. So all things being considered, wouldn't you rather be in the Chiefs situation than their two biggest rivals, the Bengals and the Bills? Not just for this season, not just for the past but going forward as well, the Chiefs still have the youngest by snap adjusted defense in the entire NFL. They're young, they're electric, they're elite. Guys, I just wanted to give a little shot of optimism. Much needed, much needed. Um, folks, let's bring Richard in here for our must list. It's the uh, end of the show where we always talk about what we love, anything that we're recommending. Um, yeah, by the way, Richard, how's your week going? It's it's been pretty good, um, yeah. Despite you know the weekend's game, which was very sad to see, it's been good. It's been good. I'm, I'm with you guys. I, 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 we we all know Rich is not a big fan, but I, I do root for the Chiefs, and and that was a rough one. We're I was good. there for I was there for you. I had my jersey on. I was doing it all. Man, look at you! Look at you! Uh, well, let's go through the must list, folks. Uh, if you're new with us, we just recommend anything you could read, listen to, hang out, watch. Uh, we've recommended all kinds of things from sandwiches to bands named after sandwiches. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Sterling, let's go to you to start this off. What are you recommending this week? Yeah. The album hemispheres by rush, uh, only four songs on said album, but it was very, very good. It has obviously trees on it. It has, I always circumstances, uh, Cygnus part one, book two hemispheres, obviously, but then the best song. Probably my favorite Rush song of all time. I butchered the name. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's moving. It's electric. Uh, boogie, woogie, woogie, woogie. It's La Villa Stringiato. I don't know how to pronounce that. I butchered it. If you have not listened to that song, the fourth song on Hemispheres, you're doing yourself a disservice. Check it out. Listen to it. Put it on. Get some nice headphones. Relax and be immersed in the world of Getty Lee, Alex Lifeson, and Neil Peart. Nice. Richard, what about you? Uh, I am just celebrating the fact that we are going to get one more, one more George Miller Mad Max movie next year. Uh, yeah. They dropped the trailer this weekend. I was super excited. So my must list is just... Furiosa? Some, yeah, Furiosa, the prequel. So if you haven't seen any of George Miller's Mad Max films, go out there, watch them. Watch the original, then Road Warrior, or part two, basically. Beyond Thunderdome with uh, Tina Turner, rest in peace. Uh, and yeah, I hope most people have seen the last the last one. But come on, guys, if, if you're behind on watching Mad Max already, catch up. Yeah, yeah. Why is he so angry? Me? He's just mad. I'm oh mad? Yeah, he's he's Max lived a hard mad. he's lived a hard life out there in the apocalypse, Sterling. I don't know if you're does, aware. He, does he have like a, a rock in his shoe or he's got no gas in the tank right. and yeah, he's got plenty of rocks in the shoe. Sterling. It's Australia. It's Australia. Sterling. 
It's nothing but rocks. Put it back on the hat. Uh, So I'm going to recommend urination because I've had to pee for the last 30 minutes of this show. So I'm going to recommend that. And then sounds like a tool album. And then, yeah, I recommend recommend urination song number one. Go number one. Um, And then because that lets me in the show, I'm going to go pee, guys. So uh, on behalf of the Chiefs, yeah. Do not sign Dan Sorensen, by the way. Go Chiefs. We'll see you later. I'm going to go pee. I'm sorry. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.